Welcome to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now. Iran is in the headlines a lot these days, most recently with the Iran-backed attack on Saudi oil facilities, of course the heightened tension over nuclear power, and an escalation in words exchanged between the West and Iran. But there's one headline you may or may not have noticed. It's that Iran may currently be home to the fastest-growing underground church movement in the world. Iran, as you know, is a Muslim-majority nation. It's known even as an exporter of radical Islamic terrorism. But reports are that Iranians are rejecting Islam and coming to Jesus Christ in droves. A new documentary released just this past August, directed by Dalton Thomas and produced by Frontier Alliance International Studios, is called Sheep Among Wolves, Volume 2. In the film, an unidentified Iranian church leader says, What if I told you Islam is dead? What if I told you the mosques are empty? What if I told you no one follows Islam inside of Iran? Would you believe me? This is exactly what is happening. God is moving powerfully inside of Iran. Director Dalton Thomas calls the movement the Iranian Awakening and says the growing Iranian church owns no property, no buildings, no central leadership, and is predominantly led by women. Iranian authorities are noticing the unprecedented church growth and they are cracking down. In a speech to Shia preachers in the spring of this year, Intelligence Minister Mahmoud Alabi reported that Christianity is spreading in parts of Iran. So he admitted to his counterparts, the Shia preachers, it is spreading here, he said. He said, we have no choice but to summon them, meaning the Christian converts, to ask them why they are converting. In June of this year, the United States State Department published a report on religious freedom around the world. While the 30-page section on Iran read, and I quote, Christians, particularly evangelicals and converts from Islam, continue to experience disproportionate levels of arrests and detention and high levels of harassment and surveillance, according to Christian NGO reports. Numerous Christians remain imprisoned at year's end on charges related to their religious beliefs. Prison authorities reportedly continue to withhold medical care from prisoners, including some Christians, according to human rights groups. Other reports I read document the Iranian government terrorizing Christians in prison through electric shock, lashings, beatings. Imprisoned Christian women know that they will be raped by their captors. Well, Ali Reza Nader, the CEO of New Iran, a research and advocacy organization based in Washington, D.C., says, and I quote, religious freedom and state repression has increased under President Rouhani. Christian converts and Baha'is are under severe pressure in particular. Far from providing a government of moderation, Rouhani has instead abetted state repression against all Iranians, especially minorities. While governments outside of Iran, NGOs, and Christian ministries alike all testify that Iran's radical regime is stepping up its efforts to prevent the spread of Christianity within its borders. Iran's constitution formally recognizes religions other than Islam on paper, but in practice, the regime is terribly antagonistic to Christians and other religious minorities. Christians make up nearly 1% of the country's population of 82 million and they've become one of the most prominent targets for religious repression. In December of last year, more than 100 Christians were arrested in one of the biggest crackdowns of its kind to date. They were imprisoned for proselytizing or sharing their faith. In Iran, both Old and New Testaments are banned in the Farsi language, and there have been death sentences carried out for those who have converted from Islam to Christianity. According to Open Doors USA, 
Religious repression within Iran ranks as extreme, and it includes systematic discrimination against converts, broad prohibitions on religious practice, and a constant threat of arbitrary arrest. Open Doors has ranked Iran as number nine on its world watch list, meaning it's the ninth worst country in the world for persecution against followers of Christ. Open Doors calls Iranian 19-year-old Fatema Muhammadi the future face of one of the world's fastest-growing global churches. She has already spent six months in prison after being arrested for being a member of a house church in Tehran. Fatima is not only a bold witness for Jesus in her country, but she has also publicly spoken against the Iranian regime and even wrote an open letter to Iran's minister of intelligence, that's the man I quoted earlier, accusing him of violating the constitution by targeting Christians. She asked him why Christians are prevented from, I quote, talking about their beliefs with their peers, while Muslims can freely engage in propaganda at schools, universities, mosques, and shrines. So despite being arrested and also assaulted by private citizens who oppose Christianity, Fatima is a bold witness. She is the face of the growing church in Iran because that face is largely female. According to one ministry website, women are playing a crucial role in what is one of the most unexpected stories of our generation, the growth of the church in Iran. One church worker there says women are really driving the church growth there. Women are especially receptive to the gospel. She says, with their self-worth in tatters, many women in Iran are on the edge of despair. A woman is legally less valuable than a man. Many live under the iron rule of their husband or father. Some are married off as teenagers. Some suffer abuse. Others, the humiliation of a husband taking a second wife. With such despair, women are open to any message that gives them hope. So the women who are coming to Christ in Iran experience the true hope and joy of the gospel, and then they're eager to share it with others. Evangelism comes easy as the women discover their worth in Christ and their eternal hope. Their faith is magnetic, and it's impossible to keep a secret. They're eager to teach and disciple one another. Mohabat News, Iran's only Christian news agency, reports that while Iranian Muslims are coming to faith in Christ at an unprecedented pace, perhaps by the thousands every day, reports vary as to how many Christians there really are in Iran. Some say 100,000, some say several hundred thousand, some claim there's even over a million, but they're hard to count because so many are in hiding. When the reasons for the massive move from Islam to Christianity vary, but Iran itself is not well. It's deteriorating economically, and that is only projected to get worse. The Iranian public is increasingly angry with the country's ruling clerical elite. So because Iran is an Islamic republic, the rejection of the state is also a rejection of the religion. The both are so tied together. People seem to be fed up. They're suffering. They're dismayed and disillusioned by a government and a religion that haven't delivered on their promises. And in their despair, people are hearing about Jesus from Christian converts. They're having dreams. They're getting information online. There really does seem to be a true Christian awakening happening in the ninth worst country in the world for Christians. Praise God for this rebirth this move from death to life. In the words of that documentary, Sheep Among Wolves, the Iranian regime is losing control of the Iranian people to a sweeping movement of women who follow Israel's Messiah. It's really striking. It's really a scandal. And it's really exciting. 
as I'm reading these headlines about Iran, I'm also reading a ton about the shrinking of Christianity in the United States. So it's a really interesting juxtaposition. Religious nuns in the United States are now 35% of the population. Religious nuns means people that claim no religion. But among younger Americans, the nuns are actually closer to 50% of the population. Since the turn of the century, since 2000, the percentage of U.S. adults with no religious affiliation has more than doubled. So the church here in the U.S. is shrinking. I think you probably already know that. You probably already know that Christians have deteriorating reputations. Even just using the word evangelical seems dirty these days. No one wants to label themselves evangelical without having a chance to explain and provide a lot of background as to why you would use that label. We no longer have a moral majority in this country. We are sort of a disempowered, embarrassed, backward, seemingly backward group of people. We used to be in, but we are now decidedly out. Many in Christian leadership are discouraged. I know that you, like me, see blogs and articles and podcasts every day that are sort of sounding the alarm. There's this call to Christians in the U.S. to wake up and fight back against the moral decay, a call to claim our space, to put a stake in the ground, and to fight for a continued privileged status. And while there might be some room for that approach, I also want to encourage my Christian brothers and sisters that as Christianity declines in the U.S., it's a real opportunity for authentic kingdom expansion. This is our chance to display authentic Christian faith. This is a moment in history where, as people leave the church, as being a Christian becomes more of a liability than an asset, we can put the love of Jesus on display. Our communities are increasingly self-focused. People are turning more and more inward on themselves. This culture of self that we live in is going to give rise even more and more to depression and broken families and despair and isolation. People are lonely. We're already seeing that everywhere, and we're only going to see it more in the future. So in that environment, the true church, I believe, will surface. True believers will look increasingly abnormal because we're going to be looking up and out at our neighbors rather than within ourselves. We're going to start to stick out like sore thumbs. And in so doing, we'll be able to live out the great command to love the Lord our God and to love our neighbors as ourselves and to live out the great commission to tell others about Christ. People are going to be attracted to the love of Jesus, to Christ in us, the hope of glory. So rather than you and I becoming more quiet, this is a great historical moment for us to become more bold. We possess the greatest story. We worship the one true king. We have the antidote for the woes of our neighbors and our friends and our family. We know who made them and we know how to help them. I mean, really help them by introducing them to their maker and to their savior. I am right now in the middle of reading so many good books on this very topic. I'm reading books like The Art of Neighboring, Everyday Church, Saturate, Reappearing Church. The point of these books here is that here in America, people aren't going to keep going to church much longer. Cultural Christianity is out. But you as a Christian and me as a Christian, we can be going to the people. They might not be going to church, but the church can go to the people. And as a result, the true church, the true bride of Christ, purified and authentic, will rise in our midst, and that is really exciting. So let's not despair and cling to power. While I do believe we should absolutely stand up for what is right, we should press in for religious liberty and freedom of religion. Let's not lose hope when we do lose those things. Political power is not what Christians should necessarily be after anyway. While you and I must stand up for what's right, as we see our power and our influence slipping away, we can also sleep well knowing that our God is on the throne.
Romans chapter 13 tells us that God is in charge of all of the authorities and rulers, and he will have his way. So let's not fear, but let's trust in the Lord, not the government. Let's recognize that God sends his spirit where he pleases. And right now we're seeing the power of the Holy Spirit in Iran. We're seeing an awakening there, and it's pretty mind-blowing. The earth is the Lord's, the people are his, and he has seen fit to reveal himself in Iran. What a joy. Let's be a witness here in the United States and emulate our Iranian siblings. Let's be like the Iranian Christian women and share Christ boldly with our friends and family and neighbors, no matter the cost. Let's share how he has healed us and met us in our need and in our sin and in our darkness. Let's share this, the greatest story with those around us. Right now, we don't face imprisonment like our families and family members in Iran do. So let's not shrink back, but let's boldly share. Thank you for listening to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now. I look forward to chatting with you guys next week.